You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host Pierce alongside of my good pal Dylan. Uh, unfortunately no Jimmy today, but uh, let's not waste any time. We have so much to talk about here. Obviously the uh, roster freeze was yesterday and uh, all 30 NHL teams except Vegas, which is still bullshit by the way, but anyways uh, had to hand in their uh, expansion lists, uh, what uh, p- players they were protecting. And uh, so what we did was we did our uh, Seattle expansion mock draft and uh Man, Seattle might be a good team, but uh, before we mm-hmm. get into that, there were a few moves. A, a just a few. Ones. Yeah, just, just a, a few. few. You know, you know, you know, you know David Pagnotta tweets at like 3.30, you know, oh, the next 45 minutes might be crazy, and then nothing happens for 30 minutes, and then everything floods in after yeah. the 3 o'clock deadline. It's yeah. it's a Vince McMahon, like, gif where he's, like, sitting on the chair, and it's just like, with each trade, it just gets better and better. And 100%. I remember, I remember just like looking at all the tweets. It's like there's going to be a lot of moves today, and then nothing was happening. And I think the first trade was Aiden Hill to San Jose. And I'm like, this is this is it. This is the moves. But then I saw again. It's like that whole Vince McMahon like just gif. Just like <laughs> you see the the. I think it was the Jason Dickinson. I'm like, okay, okay. And then you see the Jeremy Cat one. And you're like, okay, okay. And then you see the Ryan Ellis one. And you're like, holy shit! All right, all right, I, okay. They were lying. They were lying. But uh, yeah, let's let's talk about those trades. So uh, I don't know. Do you want to talk about the Aiden Hill one? I feel like that's not really one Kinda, significance. Yeah. But I, Arizona, I, I feel getting, like it's a little significant. But Arizona, I think that's a huge win for them to get a second round pick for Aiden Hill, who I don't think is all that good. Uh, that's not bad. They need the draft picks. 
And uh, I think they had to expose him had they not got rid of him. And then San Jose is going to expose Martin Jones, which, by the way, good luck trying to get rid of that. <laughs> but I think that's a great uh, trade for Arizona. But uh, you never know. Maybe Aiden Hill could be someone in San Jose. I wouldn't count on it just because I don't think they're that good of a team. I don't know if he's that good of a goalie. But, yeah, I'll hear your thoughts on that. I like Aiden Hill, personally. For a while, I thought that was who Arizona was going to go with as their goalie. But I guess they're going to stick it out with Kemper one more year, which is fine. But, still I mean, it's a good return for them, for sure. I mean, like, today, yesterday was the day of second-round picks. And then Arizona made another move where they took on Ladd's contract and got, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. two seconds That's to the third, move. I think. Mm-hmm. Like, and my, I remember my dad and I were looking at their cap situation yesterday morning, and we were like, okay, they're, like, 10 mil under the floor right now. They're definitely going to pick up dead salary at some point. And oh, yeah. it was a match made in Hepford. Brett the... Seabrook, question mark? No. Nah. <laughs> also, fun fact, hostess contract's up now, finally, in Arizona. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. They're going to put the first line of Vlad, uh, Dots, you can host together, and then Chris Longer on the back end. Yeah. I can't remember <laughs> if they picked Tito up. Newman, it's ghost. Oh, <laughs> I can't remember if they picked up Mark Savard, but why not throw him in there? I don't know. I don't, can't remember if they picked them up, but just another uh, put Mike Smith in that. dead contract. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy no, Ronan, too. Fuck it. <laughs> Edmondson's just going to sign uh, Mike Smith to uh, like a five times two, probably, I imagine. But, anyways. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, I don't think, again, like Arizona, I think that's a good uh, good trade for them to get a second round pick. Uh, they need I don't picks. Know if, yeah, they, that's exactly what they need, and they got that with the Lad trade as well. I mean, why not? I think Lad, I think Lad can still play. I remember just looking. Did at you the see trade. the condition on? What was the condition on one of them? So the the third rounder is a conditional third. If Andrew Ladd plays one game in the twenty twenty two twenty twenty three season, they get that pick. Oh my god! Like I know. Like, if you're the GM of Arizona, you got to sit down. Is it Armstrong? I think you got to sit down and talk yeah. to Lad and be like, listen, you can do whatever you want next year. We just need you to play opening night. <laughs> One game. That's it. That's all. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw a quote from Bill. I think it's Bill Armstrong that he said that Andrew Ladd really fits into our culture here. Like, But uh, he's going to have to work to get a roster spot. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh boy, He's yeah, on that with guy, with a dude, yeah, Buzz with a guy, Buzzfeed, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a win for Arizona. I think they had a good day, all thing, things considered. Um, got assets. The, yeah, mm-hmm. they got they got draft picks. That's what they need. Uh, the next trade, uh, Jason Dickinson to Vancouver for uh, I think it was a third round pick this year. I can't remember the exact uh, like like what uh overall pick it is but um again just kind of a mid trade uh i think jason dickinson like he's a really good defensive center uh not a whole ton of offense but uh someone who can play in vancouver like on vancouver's third line behind uh horvat and Pedersen. so i actually think that's an all right trade for vancouver dallas uh clear up some casters i think he's an rfa with arbitration rights so that's one less one they have to worry about oh and by the way uh, Mayor Heiskin in contract. Yeah, wonderful deal. Yeah, eight times eight point four or five or something like that. Yeah, I think that's a great deal for Dallas. Um, there's some people questioning about it right now, but any and I mean that's fair, but like down the road, that's going to be a hell of a steal for yeah Mayor for Mayor Heiskin and Dallas. Um, but and then you look at the other defensemen, like uh, we've talked about this so much, but Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr, they're still RFA's and. Uh, good for Dallas for getting that done early, uh, kind of getting out ahead of it. 
But, uh, yeah. Uh, also, one thing with the Dickinson trade is I, they were, I'm pretty sure he was going to be exposed in the expansion draft. So yeah. mm-hmm. now Dallas really left Seattle with not a lot to choose from. No. So that's good on them for getting something for someone you were probably going to lose for nothing. Um, yeah. One thing with uh, Hastings' contract that you have to take into account when you think about McCarr and Hughes is there's no state tax in Texas. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming McCarr's contract or – Makar's contract's going to be more like nine because maybe even 10. Yeah, exactly. Cause, and Hughes has a right to even ask for more because of Canadian taxes. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. Um, that'll be interesting though. For sure. I, I honestly did not expect Hasten in the sign long-term. I, I didn't either. I thought they would take a bridge deal. That's what I thought too. But yeah, you got his, you got his hey, money. Yeah, exactly. For his best years of his, of his career probably too. So, yeah, that's I great, think that's yeah, I think that's just a great deal for both sides. Mm-hmm. Um so the next trade, uh <laughs> Toronto uh traded uh Philip Hollander back to Pittsburgh, who funny enough they got in the Kasperi Kapanen trade. It's funny because Pittsburgh's like outdoing is trying to outdo Chicago in terms of like acquiring their old players or old prospects. It's so funny, but it's so weird. Absolute steal for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but then you look at the list today. Jared McCann was exposed. I don't know what the move is there. If there's maybe a move in the, I don't know. I don't get it. So, what I took from this is they're expecting to lose Kerfoot in the expansion draft. So you either lose McCann, who you just picked up, and you get to keep Kerfoot, and you basically trade McCann for a seventh and a player you got yeah, as an extra pick in the Capitan trade, or they take. Kerfoot, and then you have Jared McCann to take his place. And arguably, Jared McCann's better than Alex Kerfoot. So, yeah. I, it's a pretty, it's a really good trade by Kyle Dubas, in my opinion, because they can't take both. So you're gonna yeah. get, you're gonna have one of them at least after Wednesday to put with the roster. And I really think Jared McCann. I don't think he's gonna be a three C on this team. I, I honestly, one thing I've been thinking about lately is maybe they go after a guy like Sezikis or something just to get a good bottom six defensive center. But you put McCann with like Tavares and Nylander, that could make some noise. That could yeah. make a lot of noise on a line like that because he he was just starting to find his form in uh, Pittsburgh last year and mm-hmm. the last few years. And I feel like Toronto is the perfect place for him to find a home, especially yeah. with the star talent they have. I think he's an RFA, so they got him like under relative cost control. I don't think like the, his next contracts this year, I don't think he'll cost too much. And again, like you said, he's such a versatile forward. He can play that third line center. He can play in your top six as a winger. Um, and provide that two-way play as well as uh, like offensive mm-hmm. ability. I think that's a great trade for Toronto. And even if they do lose them, they still get to keep Kerfoot, like you said. And really all they gave up was Hollander and a seventh, which is really nothing. But Yeah, because I don't yeah. see Hollander cracking the lineup. So anytime soon. Uh, so um, good asset management, again, Yeah, the Leafs. All these trades are basically just asset management. And I, I – all of them, when you look at them in a vacuum, kind of don't make sense. But when you look at the implications, they all start to make mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Yeah. Especially this next one. Because, like, in a vacuum, oh, this next yeah. one makes no sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no picks going anyway. Just chaos. All right. Lay it on. Just talking. No so- soap opera, as they would say. Right. Um, <laughs> so, this is a three-way trade. A rare three-way trade. And uh, no picks involved. Um, so, Ryan Ellis goes to Philadelphia. For uh, Philip Myers and Nolan Patrick, and then Nashville flips Nolan Patrick to Vegas for Cody Glass. So, um, which which perspective do you want to look at it's it a from lot, first? Okay. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a big um, trade. 
I want to look at it from Nashville's perspective because I feel like they were the most intriguing one in the situation. Yeah, because definitely. Starting with what they did at the or for their protection list, they protected five D men. So yeah, that's clearly weird. they three, weren't going to have three room forwards for too. Like that's wild. Like I never thought Ellis would be the one to move, but I guess he is has the most reasonable contract out of them to move. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Philippe or Philip Myers, he could probably play on the bottom four on the right side. And then you got – they flipped Nolan Patrick for Cody Glass because Nolan Patrick would have had to bring protected, and Nashville can't even afford to do that. So they trade with Vegas, who gives um, Cody Glass, who doesn't need to be protected, and now they get to have a pretty decent prospect in their um, pool. But, I mean, you know how Nashville is at center, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, and they get a pretty good defense. And, I mean, I guess it's fine. They're shedding a lot of salary, though, which yeah, makes Arvidsson me interested. That's like 10 million cap space shedded. So they're going to probably make a run at a big free agent. I don't know which one yet, but they're definitely going to make a run at someone. Like, you don't clear up that much cap space and don't do anything with it unless you're just, unless Poyle's throwing in the towel and trying to rebuild. So, I mean, Nashville's just the most intriguing team here because I have no fucking clue what they're doing right now. No. Like, not a clue. Like, Philly obviously makes sense. They got the right-handed shot they were looking for and didn't have to trade for Seth Jones. That's obviously oh, the biggest boy. thing on all we'll of this. We'll talk about that later, yeah. yeah. And then, honestly, Vegas is just picking up fucking bodies now, I guess. They're just getting young centers. Cause yeah. Got two. <laughs> so, Howden, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's 6'3", and you can't teach that. The only team this isn't a confusing trade for, in my opinion, is Philly. Like, even oh, Vegas yeah, still have question marks. I'm like, why are you trading Cody Glass for a guy who had nine points last year and concussion issues? Like, that doesn't seem like... I don't know. I thought process on the whole trade, though. Philly, Philly's the front-running winning, winner, obviously. Oh, Ellis is a long time. Yeah. So we'll but he's 30, so he'll be fine. And, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> um... Philadelphia, they're they're the team where they make the playoffs one year, they even might win around, and then the next year they don't even make it. So, uh, if uh, history repeats itself, they should be in the playoffs. And acquiring a top two defenseman certainly uh, does doesn't uh, or it certainly helps that I should say. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah, to me, Philadelphia is a clear winner here because they know you know exactly what they got they got a legitimate top two pairing defenseman to go alongside Ivan Provorov what a who I know as could be. I know who I know they've been looking for a partner for a while for Provorov like I think they went through Niskanen and just like a bunch of guys this year because I think they had a lot of injuries but uh yeah Ryan Ellis I believed it had some injury issues last year but uh if he's healthy man like he's one of the more underrated defensemen in the NHL and again uh yeah, maybe the contract won't be super great in maybe a few years, but if you're Philadelphia, obviously you're trying to win now, and you, you really didn't give up a whole ton in the first place, to be honest. So, no. I think that's a I think that's an incredible trade for Philadelphia. Uh, Philip Myers, I don't know if he's anything good. Uh, I he think has his moments, like that's yeah. when I see it, when I watch him, he just has his moments. He's very streaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's I don't think he's going to be anywhere near Ryan. What Ryan Ellis is, Nolan Patrick, it's clear. It sucks Never because was work. <laughs> yeah, he's had so many injury issues, and then again, it was it was clear that wasn't going to work in Philadelphia. So getting rid of those two players who probably aren't going to amount to much for a top two defenseman—that's a great trade from Philadelphia. Um, Nashville, 
Uh, again, clearing again. I'm I'm on the same boat as you. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I think I saw the David Poyle quote where it said we're not rebuilding. So okay, what are you doing again? Are you gonna make a big trade? Are you gonna go after a big free agent? I don't know. I guess we'll see. Again, that's what makes this off season so intriguing. Um, I do like them flipping Nolan Patrick for Cody Glass though, mm-hmm. um, because Cody Glass. Just it seems like it has not worked out with Vegas at all. And Pete DeBoer never gave Cody Glass a chance. Also, yeah, I don't, like, I don't know what's up with this. Like, I think we brought it up. I don't mean to cut you off, but I think we brought oh, it up no, on the good. podcast. Like when Vegas got knocked out of the playoffs, Pete DeBoer basically took like a clear shot at Cody Glass in the, oh, like man. the exit interviews, where he was like, "Well, we give players chances to play in the lineup, and if they're not good enough to make the lineup, then they're not good enough to make the lineup." And it's like, well. Okay, when Cody Glass is a forty-point player in Nashville, and you guys are still looking for centers, I'm gonna laugh. Like, hey man, they got Brett Howe, and I think they should be good. <laughs> Sticks <laughs> steps on the ice, and you can't teach you, that. You simply cannot teach that dude, and he's still young. You never know; he might be something good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my god. But yeah, I, I do like that from Nashville's perspective. At least getting Cody Glass out of it, I think he's definitely more of a sure bet to become something than uh nolan patrick is just because he hasn't had those injury issues and again he really hasn't had much time in vegas and i just find it so funny from vegas that they never gave him a chance and then you look at their center depth and you're like oh boy how did he not make it and again that's i think a lot of that's on the coaching but then you look at from vegas's perspective uh kelly mccrimmon the uh the gm was uh i believe was the gm of uh brandon Wee Kings when they drafted nolan patrick or at the very least was there one year while nolan patrick was there so again that i guess that familiarity you know that hockey man thing you know i i saw him as a kid and now i get a chance to trade from you know Basically um jared mccann with toronto <laughs> yeah yeah that too as well, that too as well. um but Again, I don't know if this is the only move they make at center. Uh, again, that's not sure they really traded for Brett Howden. Can't forget that. But if that's it, if that's all they do for center, oh, man. Like, if Nolan Patrick's your big acquisition to try to get you over the top, uh, I don't know about that, Chief. Uh, I don't know about that, Cotton. Bold st- strategy, Cotton. See if that pays off. Also, I think we I think we talked about it on Twitter last night. Uh, the one thing that's interesting about the Cody Glass trade is that's the third of the three first round picks Vegas had the first yeah, year that's I been traded. To bring that up too. So they traded Glass for Patrick, which mm-hmm. is probably the worst out of all of them. Now. Like <laughs> that's crazy. Wise. And at he least, was the first one picked. Like, yeah. and then Suzuki got Stone and Pacioretty for yeah, Rantrum, but like. And then, like, so far, the only one that looks like it's panned out is Suzuki. Suzuki looks like he's going to be a damn yeah, good player. That's good. I mean, hopefully Branstrom can figure it out. But th- it's another coaching thing, dude. DJ Smith mm-hmm. doesn't like it, which is, like, that one's e- that one's even more unacceptable, in my opinion. Like, uh, like with Branstrom and uh, 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 stone for him. If he doesn't work, like, what? That's just a colossal failure on everyone. Like, at least with, um like, Cody Glass and stuff and, like, whatnot like if cody glass is or if nolan patrick fails and cody glass does well they can kind of salvage that one like vegas can because they're good but mm-hmm. ottawa can't they literally cannot afford for eric yeah. to be bad. and it just boggles my mind that the coach wants to scratch him half the time but whatever that was just a random tirade because <laughs> i feel like eric branch deserves so much better than what he's getting right now should like trade him to Chicago for Nikita Zadorov or something. I hear hey, uh, Ottawa could have that big defenseman after they got rid of Ben Harper. <laughs> um, but 
Uh, yeah, again, three-way trade, a lot to take in there. Uh, I think Philadelphia is the clear winner, even if, worst case, like Ryan Ellis gets injured and, like, doesn't work out long-term. Gilmy gave up Philip Myers and Nolan Patrick, who really weren't going to amount to anything. And Nashville, it's confusing. Like, both Nashville and Vegas, it's kind of confusing. Um, I do like, again, I do like them getting uh, uh, Glass for Patrick. I do like that bet, but Vegas... Uh, Again, both Vegas and Nashville, it's going to be, you know, what do they do after this? Do they go after another big player? Does Nashville go after a free agency or free agent or a trade with all that money? And does Vegas go after another center? Is that it? I think that's the, that's why this trade is so intriguing. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of questions that arise from all of them. The only one that we got a sure answer from was Philly of, like, they got their clear need. Now I just feel like they need to get a good backup goalie. And they'll be yeah, fine. That, as in Brian Elliott. <laughs> Seriously, dude. Like, oh my gosh. Fucking throwing hearts to the wolves last year. Poor guy. Um, but, yeah. And then there's also the Barkley-Goodrow trade, which was interesting. Because I heard, so they traded Goodrow's rights from mm-hmm. Tampa to the Rangers for seventh. And I, I think the deal's almost done, according to Pagnotta and a couple other sources from New York. Yeah. I wonder how that contract's going to look. Because I like six years. Oh boy! Listen, man, I like Barkley Goodrow, but at the end of the day, he's still a bottom six forward. Yeah. And oh yeah. I don't. I feel like people need to learn from what happened with the Andrew Shaw contract. Like, you don't pay bottom six forwards that much money with that much term, and he's gonna get like three mil probably. Yeah, he's gonna get the Brandon Tanev deal. I think it's like six years yeah. at like three point two five. I think. Yeah, I mean the Rangers. The Rangers can make that work, obviously. And if that's like okay, let's put it this way: if that's what ownership wants in terms of like hard nosed grit, I'd much rather get Barkley Goodrow than whatever. The oh, one hundred percent, yeah. Because at least he brings that like sandpaper style to your team, and guy clearly knows how to win games when it matters. So exactly. I like that trade for them. And then of yeah. course Tampa's just getting fucking assets for UFAs. Because <laughs> yeah, it's just your asset management. Even though it's only, I think it was a seventh next year. It's it's still something that's not. <laughs> you nothing. got something for nothing, literally. Yeah, exactly, because <laughs> they weren't going to resign him. There's no way. And again, to kind of foreshadowing to the expansion list. Uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna lose a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, that was. I think that was it for the trades. Was there anything else that happened? I think most of it was has to do with like the expansion list and all that. But... Yeah, Andy Green got a one year extension, but that was just because the Islanders needed a defenseman under contract. Yeah, and then um, I guess we could talk about how the Hawks were trying to shop Zadorov at the deadline or at this deadline, and they couldn't. No. Um, I feel like that's just too little too late for Bowman. He had two days to get that done after the grave trade, and he waited, like, to the last hour. So that's on him. And we'll get into trade him, though, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll get into that. But as of right um, spoiler, as of right now, he's exp- Vegas takes him. Who knows? Hmm? Yeah. Then you lose him for nothing, and then it looks really dumb. But if he doesn't get taken, then Bowman looks like not a bald idiot. <laughs> the rare time, eh? Um... Hmm. Yeah, do you, want, do you want to get into the list then? Oh, yeah, let's do this. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Anaheim, yeah, you just want to go alphabet quarter? Yeah, let's just do it. Okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, so are we doing who, we, who we're picking or uh, who's protected? Or just... Uh, we'll just we'll just go with who, with who we're picking. 
Okay. So for me, I was looking at their defensemen because there's a lot of young defensemen that they couldn't protect that yeah. I still feel like have upside. And Ron Francis is the GM. I think he's going to take one of his guys again, and I think he's going to get Hayden Flurry and take yeah, this, the chance. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, um, kind of just like looking at my team, uh, I did take a lot of salary on because there are some good players, and I do think Seattle can be a competitive team, especially in that Pacific division where it's really only Vegas and maybe Edmonton. I'm not confident in any other team to make it, so they could make some noise. So I did go right up against the cap. I think I went up to $80.1 million, which leaves them like $1.4 million left. But the big thing is uh, term. Like Most of the players I selected were one year left, so worst-case scenario, they don't make the playoffs. They can trade these players, get assets back, get draft picks, get prospects, whatever. And I think there's only a couple players that were that I chose that are over three years. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm like you. I'm on the same boat. I didn't take Hayden Flair, though. I did take Jacob Larson just because he is one year younger. But uh, I also didn't like take that. into consideration that Hayden Flurry. I'm pretty, again, Ron Francis, Hayden Flurry, that connection there, they can also very likely take them. But uh, again, I think we're kind of in the same mindset. They're going to take a young defenseman. And uh, Jacob Larson, one year at 1.2. I think he's 24, 25. Uh, yeah. He's 24, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Arizona. It, it makes perfect sense. Um, Arizona for me, I was looking at them and they didn't really have a lot. Uh, they had a couple bottom six forwards that I thought were interesting. Christian Fisher was one of them, but I feel like he's kind of stagnated the last few years. I'm go- uh, as, what do we like to say? What have you done for me lately? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess he's a UFA, so they didn't protect him for this reason, but I'd take a swing at Michael Bunting and try to sign him for Ooh. cheap. Cause yeah. he, he was very good at the end on that Arizona team and he, he's got, mm-hmm. he's got some scoring touch. So. Yeah, and I think he went. He won a gold medal with Team Canada at the World Championships. So mm-hmm. he's a good. Play. Yeah. He's he's a good bottom six guy. So that's who I went with. Fisher mm-hmm. probably makes more sense because he's an RFA and he's more protected. But I feel like Bunting's not going to warrant too much on the open market, and he's twenty five. So I yeah, I did. I did choose Kristen Fisher just because I guess why not take a chance on him? Uh, probable probable bottom six forward, but uh, I think I think. One year at uh, one million dollars, so it's again not too much money, not too much term, and yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, on to Boston now. Uh, who did you pick for Boston? So I was originally going to go Sean Corrali, but I found out yeah. Sean Corrali's a UFA, so there's mm-hmm. really no point. Um, so I went back to the young defenseman idea, and uh, I thought he looked very good towards the end of the season this year, and um. Yeah, he had his moments in the playoffs, but every young defenseman does, so I feel like he'll overcome them. I picked Jeremy Lazone, uh, mm. the left-handed defenseman. He's uh, under term for one more year at eight hundred and fifty grand, and he's got RFA rights. And um, I thought he looked pretty good in Boston's defensive system. He doesn't have to be on your top pair. He doesn't even have to be in your top four. He could be a 6-7, and I feel like that there, there could be a fit there for sure. One thing you're going to see with my team is, like, I got a bunch of guys under 30, and then I got, like, probably four or five guys that are pretty old. But, like, I, I, I try to go, especially on defense, I was trying to take the Vegas approach of going young and getting guys with that probably haven't gotten the minutes that they needed to be good. So that's that was my thought process. <laughs> yeah, again, same boat as you. Uh, young defenseman. Uh, I don't think he's as young, but I did choose Connor Clifton. Uh, $1 million for another two years. Again, a right-handed shot. Cheap money could work out. If not, you can trade him with a right-handed shot defenseman. So yeah, yeah. I was looking at Clifton too. He's interesting because he's he he plays that bigger style too. Lazon's more of a puck mover. So if they need like a little bit more um 
sandpaper on their back end. That can make sense for sure. Oh, uh, the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, I heard you pick for them. <laughs> the Buffalo Sabres almost screwed me over because I didn't have enough uh, contracts for the next year because I picked up a bunch of RFAs. So oh, yeah. I actually went with the UFA here because I think you've brought him up before. He's actually got pretty good underlying numbers and he didn't play this year. And if they can get him on a good deal, this could be a very good defenseman. I think Jake McCabe is the pick here. Mm, yeah. And just try to see if you can maybe negotiate a contract with him. I can't imagine he's that expensive. Uh, he's 27. He is coming off that injury, but I mean, he's a big body to have on that back end, and I think that could be very useful. And also, Buffalo didn't really have much to choose from anyway, so <laughs> no, they really did not. And that's why I chose Colin Miller again. Again, one year, 3.75. He's been picked up by an expansion team before, so he's no stranger to it. But uh, yeah, um, Calgary. Who did you pick for them? Uh, so it sounds like they're going to pick him from what I've been hearing on, uh, from like Sarah Valley and whatnot. From Mar- sources. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the price is too high for them not to take him. So I think Mark Giordano makes too much sense. He could be the, he could be the, the man on that captain. back end. First captain guy in the back end who can just, he, cause you're going to have a lot of young guys on this back end. I think a lot of guys who are like 24 to 28 like that or 24 to 27 type thing. You're going to need that veteran presence on the back end. Also, if you're not that good, 6.75 for one year, that is a very movable contract at the deadline. Yeah, you, they get can a, you get a haul for Giordano. Like, yeah. it's, I, I think it's it's a match made in heaven, honestly. And yeah, for, former Norris winner, he's probably going to be their first captain. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and if they want to go younger, the only other pick I think would make sense is maybe Shillington. And that's, yeah. if, you, that's if you really want to go with term and age and stuff, but... I think Giordano, just in terms like, it's like we, I, I, at least I bring it up a lot. They're gonna need stars day one. Mm-hmm. You they need, need marketable, marketable players. Yeah, exactly. This is gonna be a team that's gonna have very marketable players, in my opinion. But Giordano is one that's like, that's a name that people know. You know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. if you don't watch that much hockey, you've at least heard of him before. So, and I think that's very important with a new team. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Vegas, you had like, even though they're not legitimate superstars, you still had Fleury, you still had Perron, James, James Neal, I think it was. Yeah, <laughs> throw back to that team that made the 2018 mm-hmm. Cup final. <laughs> which, which, by the way, man, Seattle, they're going to have a lot to live up to. But again, I, I do like looking at the team I assembled. I don't know if this is necessarily what they go, because, but uh, even then, I think they can. They still have a really good shot at the playoffs. Same. If my, the thing with my team is if they stay healthy, they're going to be very good. Because a couple of these guys have injury concerns, but I feel like that's why you take them. Because if they get healthy, they can just take off. So, yep. All right. I, yeah, sorry. What would you say? Oh, I was just saying, I <laughs> get on to the next pick here with the Carolina. Who'd you have for them? So, I saw Niederreiter there initially, and I was like, that would make a lot of sense. But Jake Bean is sitting there at 23 and could be a very, very good offensive defenseman. I you got to take the chance on him. You got to take the chance on Jake Bean. Yeah, he's an RFA. I don't think he's going to warrant much. I, I I don't know if Francis was the guy that drafted him either. This might be another Francis guy. Yeah. But I I just see Jake Bean's upside and I feel like you got to take a chance on him. You have to. And the only other guys I would say maybe you need a rider, maybe a Brock McGinn, but I just see the upside in Bean at 23 and you got to take a chance. Hmm. Yeah, I I did actually take Nino Nita right over now, kind of thinking about that. I think I want to go to Jake Bean. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to do that right now. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Nino Nita Rider, I think, would be good, too. Just another top six forward, one year left. Again, 
trade him. But uh, honestly, yeah, now that you explain that, I'm like, I don't know why I didn't go Jake Debian before. But uh, yeah, I think either is a good pick, but uh, definitely mm-hmm. long-term, Jake Bean is the guy to go. So you know what? I'm going to quickly do that. I'm going to pick Jake <laughs> Bean. I think he has one year left, and that also saves me $5 million, so that gives him slightly more cap. I don't know why I didn't do that yeah. in the first place, but you know, whatever. I, I will say one thing. I was very close to putting him up against the cap, but then I looked at my team, and I, I did realize I have a good bit of RFAs and UFAs. So I gave him about $12 million cap space to work with just to get their RFA signed because I feel like most of the guys I picked aren't going to sign for too much. The only one is going to be Drieger, but Drieger sounds like he's going to go for cheap-ish, like $3 million. Yeah. So, spoiler, I picked Drieger. Shocker. Yeah, yeah that, that's uh, that's like the thing I think that's almost guaranteed is that Florida's going to take him. Um, so there you go. I saved $5.25 million in cap space. Look All at right. you. Call you Lou Morello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> GM of the year, back-to-back. Let's go. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, the first pick we agreed on was Giordano, and then, of course, I changed my pick. You really, like, changed my mind there. I'm like, why didn't I go at that in the first place? But, again, like, I just, <laughs> I'm so tired. I just, like, I just wanted to get this over with. I'm like, oh, I see you need to write it? All right, I'll go with that. Um, our Chicago Blackhawks here. Um, again, Nikita Zadorov is available, but I don't think they go with them. I think they go Adam Goddard because center, playmaking, things of that nature, RFA. Um, I think they could get him for relatively cheap, and, yeah. Yeah, I picked Adam Goddard, too. It makes too much sense. He had 35 points or something in Vancouver two years ago, and he's a guy, if you put him in the middle six and you put him with goal scorers, who I I got a couple goal scorers on this team, I feel like that could fit really well with Goddard. Um, you could, like, yeah, he's his analytics don't seem too good defensively and whatnot, but that's the kind of guy... You're playing you can, Vancouver and Carroll. You could get, yeah, get very good... At, like, that's a guy who you can put on your power play and put in situational positions in your middle six, and he can get you probably 40 points. So, I... Mm. That, that's a high upside pick, I think, honestly. Because Gaudet's a former Hobie Baker winner. He's shown he's got a goal-scoring touch, and he's got skill. He just needs the minutes. So... Yeah. That's just the big thing. <laughs> um... On to Colorado, I chose JT Comfer. Again, another Save guy who can play center. Four in a row. Yeah, yeah. Um, two years at 3.5. Uh, I think he's in his mid-20s. Uh, could play in your top six. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, it's basically the same thing I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Center, plays in the top, plays middle six, top six. Good term, good age. Like, And honestly, there wasn't too many other names in Colorado that would interest me. I mean, no. Unless they got a hard on for Dennis Gilbert or something that I don't know, like <laughs> sure. And also, if they really like Eric Johnson, but I don't really see Eric Johnson being a fit, honestly. So, no. yeah, JT Confer, I agree. Uh, Columbus, I think we're gonna agree on this one too. Yep. Max Domi. <laughs> one of those. I cannot believe they protected Eric Robinson over him. That's oh actually insane. But yeah, Max Domi's the easy pick. He could. Easily bounce back to a 50-point pace. He could probably be their first-line center, honestly. 100%. Uh, Dallas, uh, this could be interesting. I chose Ben Bishop just because uh, I think I kind of brought it up last show when we talked about the fact that he waived his uh, no-movement clause. And, um, yeah, he is kind of injury-prone, but I also did choose another couple of goalies, so he's not going to be relied upon to be the number one goalie. But, Again, that's kind of a guy you can market Ben Bishop at everywhere he's gone. Tampa, Dallas, he's been a really good and consistent goalie. Again, the thing is just injuries, but two years left at 4.9. It's not like you're taking on just this long-term albatross of a contract. So, yeah, I want Ben Bishop there, and really no one else on Dallas really intrigued me that much. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I picked up. I just picked up a body from Dallas. I I didn't really want Bishop personally. I had a different idea. I wanted to go in goal, but um, I just picked up Joel Esperance. Joel Esperance, oh, yeah. whatever his name is. I don't know. He's under. I needed a guy under contract for next year. A guy. 20, yeah, 25 is probably going to play in the minors or be a scr- like healthy scratch. I don't know. He's some guy. Like Dallas was the one team. Dallas was honest. Dallas and Buffalo were the two teams where I was just like, I don't really know. I don't, Pittsburgh a little bit, too. I didn't know who to pick on Pittsburgh either. But, yeah, that's my pick. I, I get Bishop, though, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit, I picked Troy Stetcher. Um, Detroit was interesting because they picked up Nick Letty. Which, uh, by the way, we talked about that one too. I think that's a great trade for the Islanders, a rare oh, Lamorello trade, and it's like I think a it's rare great trade. for the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. I don't know. I don't know if I would have given up uh, a second and retained money on Panic, but I guess if you got the cap space and you need that top four defenseman that can move the puck, potentially play alongside someone like Mort Sider. I mean, why not? I think yeah, I called it too, where we were talking about like potential destination for Nicoletti, and I was like, basically any um, bottom of the league team, and Detroit fits that, so. <laughs> The first thing I thought when they traded for Nick Letty was um, this is going to be a guy they're going to force on the top pair for 60 games, and then he's going to get traded for a first at the deadline. Like, <laughs> It's going to happen, dude. He's going to get like 40 points playing in the top pair in Detroit and just going to rack up a bunch of points on the power play like he does with the Islanders, and they're going to flip him, and they're going to get a lot of money for him or a lot of assets. Yeah, because it's Steve Eiserman. And the funniest thing about this trade is two former Blackhawks going for each other, Panic and Letty. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I do think Panic was underrated because now they got him at like one point something, one point four. That's a that's a great contract. He'll fit he'll fit in well with the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I chose Troy Stetcher. I'm kind of surprised they left him unprotected. Uh, they I think they protected uh, Letty Heronic, which I understand. You obviously just acquired Letty and Heronic is one of your young defensemen, but then they protected Gustav Lindstrom. I don't know if he's anything special, but I personally would protect Stetcher, but whatever. Um. One year, 1.7, right-handed shot defenseman. The Genka probably playing your top four. There's a lot of defensemen that kind of are on the same boat on the team. But, yeah, I, I chose Troy Stetcher. Uh, there's a name here that I was not expecting at all, and that was Dennis Chalosky, and I chose him. He's 23, and, yeah, he's been on Detroit developing, so, of course, he's not going to look good. But <laughs> I feel like if you put him in an actual defensive system and not play him and throw him to the Wolves like Detroit did – He's still 23, and there still could be some upside there. Like, we've seen what defensemen can do at a late age. Like, look at what Forsling's doing right now, and he's not even oh old. Like, you, but, like, look at how long it takes for defensemen to, like, come into their own, find the system they like or fit into. And I think Chalosky's one that you should take a chance on. He's 23. Like Yeah. That's not a, that's not a bad choice, but, yeah. Um, Edmonton. Uh, <laughs> I went with Tyler Benson, uh, RFA forward. I just find it so funny that – uh, they protected someone like Cassian over him. Obviously, they're going to because Ken Hall and Edmonton, they, they just never learn from their mistakes. But, yeah, I want Tyler Benson. I don't know if he's going to be anything, but take a chance on him. Worst case scenario, he's a HL forward, maybe getting some points there and making basically nothing against your cap. Yeah, I went uh, bottom six forward. I picked up Jujar Kara. Mm. figured bottom six centers, something you can definitely first. use, and he can probably play penalty. Yeah, you could probably play penalty kill and stuff. I don't imagine his uh, contract would be too much. I don't know if he has arbitration yeah, rights either. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. But I, I feel like Kara could be a good fourth-line center on that team. So that's why I picked him. Yeah. Um, Florida, Chris Drieger, I think we already talked about this. It's 
almost a foregone conclusion that he's going there. So yeah, I didn't want to go like someone else, but they did leave uh, Frank for Toronto unprotected over uh, Mason Marchment. So that's fine. That. But I'm pretty sure I don't I don't get why they don't just wait till free agency to sign him and then pick up a player from Florida. I don't know, but they really like Chris Drieger, I guess. Uh, they're probably going to get him to a relatively cheap, cheap deal. I saw like $3.54 million, and you look at the track record. He hasn't played like a full season, but uh, the numbers are definitely there. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, Trigger makes too much sense, and they're linked way too much to him. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, On to L.A., uh, Blake Lazat. I chose him one year, $925,000. He can play center. L.A. didn't have a whole ton of options, so that's what I went with. Uh, this is another case of, I did not expect this 23 year old to be unprotected. Carl Grundstrom, um, still was a former second round pick. I believe like the guy I believe was putting up decent NHL numbers the last few years with LA, not like groundbreaking, but like bottom six ask. And he's still 23. Like that's, that's one thing I looked with these forwards. If they're like under 25 and they haven't gotten the minutes they deserve yet, that's who I'm picking. Yeah. That's kind of the same boat with Lazar. I'm like centered. Young, I'll, I'll just go with him. Carl Grunstrom's a really good pick, too. Mm-hmm. Um, on a Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota! Minnesota, yeah. Uh, I did want to go a center originally because I'm like, because going into this thing, I was just like, center, center, centers. But then I looked at their goalies. I saw Capo Kakinen, and how do you not take, take the chance on him? One year, 725,000. Um, ton of potential. Yeah, I, that's what I went with, so. I uh, actually went defense. I went with Carson Soucy. Oh, yeah. I could uh, see him, too. Two years, 2.75. I feel like that's a guy who you could probably play on your second pair and can be serviceable, especially on a team where they need guys who can get minutes. And it sounds like, if I can recall, he was playing decent minutes in um, Minnesota. So, I don't know. I feel like that could be a, a good deal for them. But I, I get Kakin into 100%. I just didn't. I didn't go that route with my goalies, so. Uh, on to Montreal, who, uh, interestingly enough, uh, didn't protect Carey Price. And say what you will about Mark Bergeron, but uh, he always makes everything interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, they didn't protect Shea Weber. They didn't protect Carey Price. I just don't see them. I just don't see a world where they take Carey Price. So I went Brett Kulak, one year, 1.85. Again, another defenseman. Uh I think he's under 27. I didn't look at the age, but uh, I don't know. There was just really no one else there that really intrigued me. Montreal was one of those teams that was very interesting. I was very close to going Carey Price just because, it, <laughs> like, dude. If, that, that, they, that if they dangle Carey Price in front of your face, you should just take him to spite him. Like, honestly. Like, I that would be, like, I don't know. I, I just enough. don't see it with the contract. Like, if he was definitely cheap, even if it was less term. That's a pretty good anchor. All right? Let's just put it that way. That, that's true. That's true. It's but... a pretty fancy anchor you're going to buy. So <laughs> The most um, beautiful anchor in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't go him. I was – I don't know what his health is, but Jonathan Drouin would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I was thinking Drouin, but I'm like, uh, the health concerns, I wasn't exactly sure. I didn't go with him either. Also, it was just a cap thing for me eventually. Mm-hmm. So I actually went with Kel Flurry, a uh, 22-year-old mm-hmm. right-handed defenseman. Just another guy who doesn't have to play this year. But, I mean, it never hurts to have too many young defensemen down in your prospect pool. And then no, if, even if especially you, right-handed shots. So, yeah, a 22-year-old right-handed shot. I feel like you can't pass that up. But I like Kulak as a pick, too. If they want a guy who can actually play now, Kulak's a good pick. Yeah. 
Uh, Nashville, they're an interesting team because they left both Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson unprotected, and I didn't pick either one of them because nope. too much money, too much term. Uh, I went Kelly Yarncrook. I went Rocco Grimaldi because he's yeah. got he's got a pretty good he's been pretty good with goal scoring the last couple of years. So one year, two mil, that's pretty reasonable, I'd say. Yeah, I think that's the same thing with Kelly Yarncrook. One year at uh, two million dollars. Yeah. New Jersey Devils. I'm gonna be interested to see if we have the same pick here. Oh, I, think I don't care. I don't care at all. I don't even care. I don't care that he's making nine million dollars. If you want to market your team, you pick PK Subban. Bro, and it's a match made in heaven. He already has a relationship with the owner of the franchise. Yeah. Or New Jersey wants you to take him. They want you to take that. If you're going to take an anchor, that's a one-year anchor at $9 million. I'm so glad we're on the same page with this one. I'm so yeah, glad. Yeah, yeah. Because even if Subban doesn't work out in uh, Nashville, oh, you for, you can for sure flip him at the deadline next year. Don't even get it twisted. And, yeah. dude, you you tell New Jersey today you're picking Subban. Fly him out to Seattle. Have him – like, I think the Dangle Pocket said it. Have him out there like they had Flurry out there when – Exactly, yeah. Dude, Subban as the mouthpiece for this team would be the best thing the league has done in a long time. And I think it just makes too much sense not to do it, especially since it's one year, too. It's not like it's mm-hmm. a long commitment. No. So, and he's got relationships with – or good ties with the owner, man. It, it does make a lot – out of sense i i i agree dude it's sue man like and if it's not that's that's a missed opportunity yeah 100 percent, dude it's a missed opportunity and then imagine um, the price too and then you got price and sue man back together oh that was so awesome I, <laughs> I don't see it happening though i do think suban is yeah though i do see suban as more likely happening than carry price though 100 <laughs> percent um, Islanders, they're kind of that team where they mostly have everyone protected. Uh, that's actually not true. Like Jordan Everly was there, but again, the term, and Josh the Bailey. money, and <laughs> like again, the money and term was was there, and I'm like, I don't want to do it, so I'm gonna save money and take a chance on a younger forward. So I went with Kiefer Bellows. Same here. I, I did the exact same thing. I was thinking Josh Bailey for a while, just because that's center. a proven player for a long time, yeah. can play center, but. Yeah, Kiefer Bellows, 23. He hasn't even gotten a crack at the NHL yet. That's a guy who you've got to take a chance on. Mm-hmm. And he's proven at every level he can score. So yep. to say he can't do it here. And and to, let's be honest, he was never going to fit into a trot system anyway. Like, <laughs> 23-year-olds, it's not a good spot to go to. It's even a bunch um, of opportunity, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Rangers, I went Colin Blackwell, a cheap forward. He's only making 725k one year. Can, had, from what I saw, good numbers in the Rangers. Kind of didn't really get that chance, but I think he could get a, a more of a chance in Seattle. So that's who I went with. Oh, I went Julian Gauthier, just 23-year-old. That's winger. not bad either. Yeah. yeah, just young guy, take a chance on him. But Blackwell makes sense because he did do well last year. So he did score a bunch of goals. That that would be that would be an eye-opener if I was Ron Francis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were kind of talking about this player before the podcast, but Ottawa, I want Chris Tierney. Again, center, mm-hmm. two-way forward, one year, $3.5 million. Football contract. Guy knows yeah. how to play on shitty teams if the team's shitty. <laughs> I don't assume this team's going to be shitty. Probably going to have better wingers than he did in Ottawa, let's be honest. Makes too much sense, honestly. And if he's bad, you can flip him. Same with Domi, yeah. same with all these guys. And guys like Dodonov were available. i definitely consider him, but again, just a center, yeah. one year left, it just... 
it, it fit my bill. Like, um, that's what I'm looking for. Just like people that can play center, uh, one year left, kind of in that same age where it's kind of like mid to late twenties kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, Philadelphia, uh, the obvious one might be Jacob Voracek here, but again, just the term I'm like, eh, so, and there wasn't really anyone else who intrigued me, but I did go JVR. Because it's only two years left at $7 million. Like, you could do a lot worse than that. Dude, and JBR is the kind of guy where if you put him with the right wingers, he'll get 60 points. Just so. park his ass in front of the net on the power Bro, play. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, with the way I, way this team's getting built, they're going to have a nasty power play. Like, dude, Giordano at the point, you got freaking, well, you got, I'm not going to, yeah, you just got players everywhere. Like, I'm not going to get into this in my lineup. we got more players to talk about. But JVR makes too much sense. The guy literally eats, breathes, and fucking lives goals, which is what this team needs. Um, And Voracek's a little too old. Like, Voracek's not as old as you think he is, but it's just, like, the term. And it's yeah, another, million, another million and then a quarter more, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. So, I, I think JVR is a great fit there. I thought they were going to protect him initially, but I guess they were doing that Patrick trade to protect Obey Bell, which Obey Bell's good. So, I guess that makes sense. Uh, Pittsburgh, I want Zach Aston Reese, uh, two way forward, someone who can play in your bottom six. Uh, he's an RFA. Um, they could probably get him relatively cheap. So, uh, that's what I went with. What team are we talking about? Pittsburgh. No. Who, who'd you say? Sorry, I was sending a text. Zach, no, it's all good. Zach Aston Reese from Pittsburgh. Oh, I like oh, I didn't even yeah. see Zach Aston Reese. I like that pick. I picked Jankowski just because he had an RFA, but I like. I think I'm going to change it. I like Aston Reese way yeah, more. That's a great, that's a great four worry, dude, There's like a couple of things where I was like, uh, because I, I wasn't like exactly fully awake, so there's might have been a couple of players I missed, but uh, the, that that one pick where I think it was Carolina, like Jake, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you sold, you totally sold me on that, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Aston Reese is definitely the player to pick on this team because mm-hmm. they protected Teddy Bluger. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like one of the all-time dangle moments when Teddy Bluger goes off on the Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> oh um, San Jose, I think, was the ultimate team. I'm like, I have no fucking idea who to pick. <laughs> so I went I went to uh, Nicholas Malok, who is a defenseman, 24 years old. When you're at 700,000, I doubt he's going to be anything. But, I mean, hey, minor leaguer, I guess. So I, I don't want to say it was a throwaway pick, but it really was. Okay, so my shit just crashed. I know the rest of my team. We're talking about San Jose right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry. My my cat friendly just crashed and got rid of my entire team. So yeah, that's gotta... what happened to me too. That's why it took so yeah. long and why I might have like not got my hundred percent like team, but like the whole yeah. philosophy of it remains you're, the same. Yeah, you're good. Um so I picked Dylan Gambrell just because I feel like he could be a great yeah. bottom six center on the team and low cap hit, young, manageable contract, you know, all the basics. I could did you say Ryan Donato? I didn't hear you. Uh, I went Nicholas Malok, uh, young defenseman. Don't think he's going to be anything, but <laughs> minor leaguer. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't either, but like, I think I needed a defenseman anyways, so that's why I went sure. Malok. But yeah, gotcha. <clears throat> I get that. So <laughs> I think Rita had the same answer on this next oh, one. Oh, one hundred percent. I got like, they... I, I have a asterisk with mine though, because I yeah. think there's going to be a trade here. I think there's a hundred percent a trade being made between Tampa and. Seattle. So I think Tampa's trying to get um there's gonna be a world where I see like Tyler Johnson going in there with yeah. Calfoot or just uh-huh. Yanni Gord. It's one of the uh-huh. two. There's there's no in between. And I figure I think like Tampa's smart for going four and four. Let's just put it that way. If they lost Chernak, that would be a big loss for their team. Yeah, definitely. 
they can afford because like I was like talking to my dad about it this morning. He's like, "Well, if they lose some wingers, that'll suck." I'm like, "Yeah, but they got guys like Barre Boulay who, if they literally they, throw, I think it's full. easier to replace that than a top four defense what they have there Facts. going for them." Facts. Um. So, do you want to talk about St. Louis or Tampa first? Uh, let's talk St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah, St. Louis. Yeah, because you I went you went to Tampa Bay and I'm like, are we skipping over St. Louis? This is the problem. I don't have the list in front of me anymore. (laughs) No, it's all good. Um, yeah, but Tarasenko, this is like the one pick where if they don't pick Tarasenko, they're dumb. Bro, mark (laughs) the talents, and even if he's not a hundred percent, if he's even seventy percent of what Tarasenko used to be, that is a fifty point twenty five goal scorer probably. You every team could team and. The fact that there were four teams willing to trade for Tarasenko, full cap hit, and they never got a deal done is wild. Wild. And, dude, you have a day one team where your marketable talents are P.K. Subban and Vladimir Tarasenko. You can do a whole hell of a, hell of a lot worse Bro, than that. You can do so much worse. And you got Giordano on that back end. You got guys like Gord, Max Domi, who's a fucking character, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, dude. Seattle could low-key be one of the most fun teams in the league. Oh, dude, like, that's why I'm, that's why I'm some, cheering for them. Yeah, They got some personalities on their team. It could be fun um, if they pick the guys that we assume they're going to pick. But, yeah, you got to take the chance on Tarasenko. That could be the fucking star of the franchise right there if you just work it out. Because he's still what? Uh, I think like, he's 30, 30, I think. 29, 30? I don't yeah, know. Like, you, that, you can get at least four good years out of Tarasenko still. Like, if he's – and if – the big thing is the medical staff stuff, obviously, but from what it sounds like, St. Louis has been fucking up for years. So, yeah. um, I would take I it's, it's even if it sucks, dude. It's two years at seven and a half. You can take the dead cap if he sucks. Yeah, it's so what's the risk? The, More than Duchesne or any of those other big cap is. Yeah, yeah. The and the bridges are burnt, St. Louis. Like even if they don't pick them, which I think they're dumb. If Seattle doesn't pick them, they're dumb. But mm-hmm. There's gonna, there's gonna be a trade like he's not. Tarasenko's yeah. play his last game as a blue. I was about to say that, or there's a deal made where St. Louis doesn't want to, tra- or they want to trade Tarasenko, so they make a deal to where like they get like a Don and Sanford in Seattle. That could work yeah. too. I, you gotta take Tarasenko. Like that's a star, dude. That's a freaking superstar when he's healthy. Like, man, they they will have talent. And then I I think I jumped to Tampa with saying Gordon stuff, yeah. but. Yeah, that that's my thoughts on that one. I wanted to know what you were saying with Tampa. Oh, and thank God Tarasenko will be out of our division. <laughs> thank God. We won't have to play him three times a year now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Yanni Gord, the first player I chose who had over two years on his contract, but I just felt Yanni Gord, Stanley Cup champion, he can play center, probably second-line center on this team. I That's why I chose him. Like I, And he scored 60 points in the past. Like, you know yeah. he can do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Plays and he's and he's gonna piss off everyone. Like imagine yep. putting him with Max Domi. Oh my gosh! Oh my just, god! And just an, an annoying line. Oh my. And gosh. going back to Tarasenko, like I don't have the lineup put together. Like I don't have a lineup put together. But I'm thinking Tarasenko and uh, Domi. I think that could be pretty good pairing. Oh yeah, good playmaker with a shooter, and then you probably throw um JVR maybe. Yeah, dude. <laughs> or put JVR with Gore. I think. I think you put JBR with Tarasenko and then put just like a different center with them, and you put Gord with Domi, and then that's your top six, like your two guys in your top six, and then you fill in everything from there. Maybe you put like, oh, dude, second line, Rocco Grimaldi, um, Yanni Gord, Max Domi. <laughs> that is a line that is going to piss everyone off and score goals. That's pretty good. 
yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. But it's taken. <laughs> <laughs> but I was looking at the, yeah, like going ahead to this next pick, I chose Jared McCann and now kind of thinking about the lines now. Like a first line of McCann, Domi, and uh, Tarasenko is also pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I picked Kerfa just for term because I don't know yeah. how much McCann's getting paid. But, I mean, Kerfoot's a guy you could slot in anywhere in that lineup too and he'll be good. So Yeah. McCann or Kerfoot, like, it's really a flip of a coin, really, there. Both those guys can play second-line minutes. Mm -hmm. So, like, they're going to have a nice forward court. They're going to have a nice forward court, even if they don't take a bunch of big names. Like, even if they take some chances on some guys and, like, a Gaudette hits or, like, you know, something like that, that, they'll have a nice forward court, for sure. Um, Vancouver, kind of another team, not too much to pick from. Uh, unfortunately, didn't they? Uh, they protected uh, Tyler Myers, so we can't go after him. Um, <laughs> I just went Colin, mm-hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> a young guy, not getting a chance in Vancouver. Uh, he might make the lineup. I don't know, but uh, I think down the road he could be like a bottom six guy and kind of be like uh, get a lot of points on your HL team. Yeah, that's why I went with Colin. I went Brady as well. I went Braden Holpe because I think they're already linked to him. As uh, they're, I think uh, Seattle's already linked to or interested in Holpe. One year at four point nine is very manageable to have, and that way you have a guy who can at least split starts with Drieger. And the guy I'm picking next will help too because I'm going Vanacek yeah. with Washington. Me too. Me too. But like you got you got a triplet of Drieger, Holpe, Vanacek. That's that's about as good as it gets, honestly. Like that's league average at least. Um. And let's be honest, Vancouver's defensive system's dog shit. That's why Holby looked terrible last year. And yeah, he oh. didn't look good in the last couple of years of Washington. But like, I've seen that Washington team's defensive system. It's not good. So we'll see what uh, Dave Haxtell's defensive system will have for him. But wasn't he in charge of the defense in um, Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I think it could work. Um, last pick, Winnipeg. Uh, I went with Dylan Demello. Uh, the the second player that I have that's making over that's over two years of term, three years yeah. of three million dollars, but very Can manageable. Great second pairing defenseman. Yeah, exactly what they need. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's it. I honestly thought this would take like super long, like which is like going through all the trades and uh, the whole like list, but we're just a little under an hour. So um, I'll just quickly go through my list again. Uh, Anaheim, Jacob. I went with Jacob Larson, Arizona, Christian Fisher, Boston. Connor Clifton, Buffalo, Colin Miller, Calgary, Mark Giordano, Carolina. I went from uh, Nino Niederreiter to Jake Bean. Uh, Chicago, Adam Gaudet, Colorado, JT Comfer, uh, Columbus, Max Domi, Dallas, Ben Bishop, Detroit, Troy Stetcher, Edmonton, Tyler Benson, Florida, Chris Drieger, LA, Blake Lazot, uh, Minnesota, Capo Kakinen, Montreal, Brett Kulak, Nashville, Kelly Arncrook, New Jersey, PK Subban, Islanders, Kiefer Bellos, Rangers, Colin Blackwell, uh, Ottawa, Chris Tierney, Philadelphia, JVR, Pittsburgh, Zach Aston Reese, San Jose, and Nicholas Moloch, uh, St. Louis, Vladimir Tursenko, Tampa Bay, Yanni Gord, Toronto, Jared McCann, Vancouver, Cole Lind, Washington, Vitek Vanacek, and Winnipeg, Dylan DeMello. So that's my team. I don't have the exact, like, number of positions, but I do have 6.6, uh, left in cap space, so... Um, I know they do want uh, flexibility. They do certainly have that with term, but I definitely think they're going to make a couple of trades where they try, especially with like the defensemen, they try to flip them, kind of how like mm-hmm. uh, we've seen like Letty and Graves go for the past couple of days. Yeah, I agree. 
So I got my thing pulled up roughly. I can't get the team pulled up, but I can get like the I can basically figure it out from there. Uh, I had 17 forwards, 10 defensemen, three goalies, and my cap hit came out at around 69 million. With like, yeah, it's a nice cap hit with like 12 million dollars in cap space to spare to sign. I think six R, like I think it's like seven RFAs and a couple UFAs. But the only one that would make actual money is Drieger. So I had. I had Hayden Fleury from Anaheim. I had Michael Bunting from Arizona. I had Jeremy Lazone from Boston. I had Jake McCabe from Buffalo. Mark Giordano from Calgary. Jake Bean from Carolina. Adam Gaudet from Chicago. JT Confer from Colorado. Max Domi from Columbus. Joel Esperance from Dallas. Dennis Cholosky from Detroit. Jujar Kara from Edmonton. Chris Rieger from Florida. Carl Grunstrom from L.A. Um... Carson Soucy from Minnesota, Kale Fleury from Montreal, Rocco Grimaldi from Nashville, PK Subban from Na- or New Jersey. Please, for the love of God, let that yes, happen. That would please. be so much fun. Kiefer Bellows from the uh, the Isles, Julian Gauthier from the Rangers, Chris Tierney from the Senators, JBR from the Flyers, Jankowski from the Penguins, Gambrell from the Sh- or Sharks. My boy Vladimir Tarasenko, get him out of my division from the Blues. Yanni Gord from the Lightning. Alexander Kerfoot, Raiden Holpe, Vidak Vanacek, and last but not least, Dylan DeMello. <laughs> yeah, um, so I had 16 forwards, 10 defensemen, 4 goalies, and again, 6.6 in cap space. I definitely think they're going to make a couple of moves to free it up, and again, that's if they decide to take all that money, I think they're going to be a lot more conservative in what they do in the actual expansion draft, but yeah. 100%. Wow, so yeah, again, I thought that was gonna be uh I was just gonna be like a really long one, like a two hour one, but we're only at an hour right now, so <laughs> um I was that's because I was kinda thinking in mind with Jimmy. Like if we had Jimmy on, oh boy, it would be a lot long, like a lot yeah. more. That's well we'd another, have an extra opinion, so Yeah, exactly. And then that's like another thirty uh, thirty uh players we gotta go through. Um I don't know like what like what players we, we like we had the same or so that would be interesting to kind of go back and go through I'd say that, almost do that half, again. Like good Yeah, a, a good good yeah, portion, I, definitely. Yeah, I don't I don't think we had like too big of differences, honestly, no, either. No. Like with at least with cap situation. The only way we went different was in net, I'd say. Yeah. Like, you definitely. went Bishop, I went Holpe. But um yeah, like the thing I want to be want to ask you is like, is there's gonna be moves, and I already see at least three teams on here that are gonna probably make a trade with Seattle to make them not take players. So, like Tampa's a team. If they like, obviously they're not gonna. Well, Tarasenko's gone, but I mean, I could see the world where St. Louis makes a deal. Um, maybe Philly makes a deal to make them take Voracek, but like that would cost them. Yeah. Um, trying to think. Colorado maybe can make a deal from the take Eric Johnson. But I don't see that either. Um, that that's the only ones I really can think of that would maybe make a trade because there's gonna be trades. Obviously, obviously Chicago yeah. could be one too. Chicago could be like, yeah, take Gaudet, but take Dehan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Adam Gaudet, but God, uh, give him Gaudet in the third for Dehan. Just get it done. Get him the hell out of here. And that's not there's nothing against Goddard or Dehan. It's just I want all the cap space so we could blow it on Seth Jones. Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, that's the, get, yeah, I was about to say that. that's the yeah. worst thing that came out of yesterday is the fact mm-hmm. that according to was it Bruce Garrach? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Clearing cap space to get Seth Jones. And now their number one competitor for him is off the market for right-handed defense. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the biggest (laughs) uh, implication, like, for that Ellis trade, especially for Blackhawks fans, was that, like, Philadelphia was apparently the front runner for Seth Jones. And uh, they actually went smart and went after a good defenseman who can play on your top pairing. And I was thinking, why couldn't have that been Chicago? But then you realize that's Nashville. Yeah, exactly. That's not going to happen. Um, Blackhawks would be so much better off if they weren't in the Central. They can make so many more trades. Yeah. So many people in this division are trying to fucking shop off defensemen, and we can't get any of them. There's probably, like, Colin Pareko's available, and then Ryan Matt Dumba, gone. Like... Yeah, Matt Dumba. Uh, tough. But I guess we'll have to settle for uh, Seth Jones. I honestly, I've made up the fact in my mind he's coming to Chicago. It just seems like there's no way unless just another team really steps in there. And the only way... <laughs> That they're not going to get Seth Jones is if another team gets in their way. Like if they, if no one's in their way, they're going to make the trade. Bro, regardless the only of the good price. Thing I hope came out of this, and I don't even think it'll be the same case for Seth Jones because he's younger. I don't feel like the return for Ryan Ellis is as big as everyone's making it. No, so not at all. That is making me think on the bright side, Columbus isn't finally going to realize they're not getting a top prospect for Seth Jones. And, and Ryan Ellis had Strong or Hedrick, yeah. He had he had six years on his contract. And yeah, he's yeah. 30, but dude, if that's what a six-year term top four defenseman gets, Seth Jones is not worth what they're saying he's worth. And yeah, like I see people say they want centers, but they're not getting Doc at this case. And if they do, no. Bowman is a blind idiot, and I will keep repeating it till the day I die. And like there's just like you wait it out until Yarmo gets desperate, and then you give him Borkstrom or Strom, maybe Kershev. One of those, one or two of those three, because he wants centers, and give them picks. You don't, and I don't care if they don't want picks. You give them picks, because yeah, you're not, yeah. you're not getting Reichel or Doc. And like, no. if they give up Reichel, there could be a world where I can like live with it, but it's it's not this world. No. <laughs> yeah, you kind of look at the framework. What was for that Ryan Ellis trade? Um, like. Philip Myers, like a younger defenseman. So, like, again, like an Ian Mitchell, you could give up. Ian Mitchell would probably have more value than Myers, I think, just because he's only 22, right-handed shot, defenseman, young defenseman on his entry level still. I don't know. But then you kind of look at, like, Nolan Patrick as the center who has, a, has a, a, like, a former second overall pick, but unfortunately hasn't been able to put it together. You kind of look at Dylan Strom, even, like, Henrik Borgstrom, who I think Henrik Borgstrom would actually make a lot of sense for Columbus, because I just feel like uh, that, like, Yarmo Kikalainen would, like... Love to spend. Like, yeah, exactly. I just feel like uh, Henrik Borgstrom would be that guy that uh, that uh, Yarmo Kikalainen goes after, but it sucks, like, you, that that whole trade to to get Borgstrom, you took on Connolly's contracts, and you kind of, you want, you know, you wanted to see him, he was probably going to get third line center ice time this year, but again, if if you want to, like, a Seth Jones, you're going to have to give Listen, up. Listen, I'm Jones. A-OK with giving up Borkstrom for Seth Jones. Yeah, definitely. I, me that's too. not, like, dude, and, like, people keep saying it. They're like, everyone needs to stop saying they wouldn't want Seth Jones in the Blackhawks. It's not that. It is literally at the price. He is not fucking worth it right now. If Seth no. Jones went for the exact same thing Ryan Ellis went for, I'm pretty sure everyone would be cheering for Stan Bowman. Because mm-hmm. if they get Seth, like, Let's put it this way. If they get Seth Jones on the low and he even bounces back to half of what he was, that's a win for the Hawks. Yeah. You get an actual serviceable top four defenseman and you didn't give up the sun and the moon for him. But mm-hmm. the problem is he's not going to return to form probably and you're going to mm-hmm. give up the sun and the moon for him when you're not 
bidding with anyone. Like, exactly. And that's the biggest thing. The duality of Stan Bowman. You fleece Ken Holland and you're going to get fleeced by Kekalainen again. It oh, makes again. no sense. Like, I I promise you, I think Bowman owes Kekalainen money or something at this point. Like, he must have some kind of mafia debt to his family. Yeah, yeah. This dude just loses trades to Columbus like it's going out of style. He takes a year off or two years off and he does it again. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> it's literally, Garmo Kekalainen is like the Thanos meme. It's like you couldn't live with your own failures and this is where he brought you back to me. That's what back it is. <laughs> god. Um, but yeah, like kind of going back to Borgstrom, yeah, he's got potential, but he's really just magic beans at this point. Do we know if he's going to be anything special at the very least with Seth Jones, even if he isn't a top fairing guy, he's going to at least help the top four a little <sighs> bit. So I'm and at least fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. And my biggest concern, if we get Jones, cause it's the thing that's going on in Columbus, who the fuck is going to play with him? Like, yeah. Like, the first person that comes to mind is probably Kalanick, because he can move. So, mm-hmm. he won't get caught. But, like, Kalanick's still not the best defensively. He's young. Like, he needs a Rowenski to be able to play the Seth Jones style of hockey he wants to play. And we just don't have a defenseman like that. No, no, no. And as ironic as it is, and Seth Jones isn't fast enough for this pairing to work, Zadorov would be the closest thing we have. Which sucks, because it's not that good of a thing. Yeah. At least on the left side. I mean, you got Murphy, but I'm not making Murphy play on his offside just no. to give Seth Jones a freaking partner. Yeah, like, yeah. and maybe Caleb Jones plays with him when he com- if he comes. Like, whatever, Jones, Jones. They both get cooked. Who cares? Like, ugh. oh god, what was I gonna say? Um, it's, it's, I was, gonna, I was, I was, yeah. It, <laughs> honestly, at this point, I've just accepted the fact Seth Jones is coming to Chicago. I don't know what. I'm the, missing here with him. Like, he's not that good of a defenseman. and There's no winning this either. Because, no. like, you're going to overpay him. And this team is going to be marginally better because of it. And our division is a lot worse. Over is going to get a lot worse. We're just going to become the Minnesota Wild for oh, the next God. couple of years. Like, we literally are going to be the Minnesota Wild. You realize that, right, if we get Seth Jones? Oh, yeah, we yeah. are going to be that four seed, three seed every year that gets absolutely Mediocrity, shellacked by a better baby. team in the first round. Mediocrity, baby. Oh, yeah. Um, Whatever. It's just you go to the Seth Jones well, and it's like maybe this works out of blah, blah, blah. Maybe this works. Out. It's just it's too many ifs, ands, or buts for it for it to work out. I And I anyone – and it pisses me off – like – People, I've seen people make the argument that it's like, oh, well, you see people making the argument that Tarasenko can't bounce back after two years of injuries. Well, There's Seth Jones sh- can bounce back in two years of bad hockey, and I'm like, dude, it's completely different situations, and one's a goal scorer. Like, I know, like, yeah, he got a shoulder injury, but I know the dude can still score goals, and he let the team in goals. In the record. Literally. Like, look at... And my favorite thing is everyone who defends Seth Jones and every article I see defending Seth Jones and everything I see defending Seth Jones, no one brings up analytics a single fucking no, time. No, but he's big, skates, and plays lots of matches. Does that mean he's playing them well, though? Playoffs. Is he blah, playing blah, blah, them blah. well, though? Yeah. God, I fucking hate the fact that this dude gets blindly defended by people who don't acknowledge analytics. And then people say, oh, we use the eye test. Analytics are based off the eye test dipshit. And my favorite's the freaking argument. Well, I've seen him play in person, and he's really good. <laughs> Motherfucker, who cares? Like, 
cool. You saw one game where he was not actually ass on the ice. I saw multiple times this year where he was terrible. Like, oh my god. And if he's a player who needs better players around him to be good, what makes you think he'll be better here? Honestly. We got a bunch of defensemen and a bunch of forwards who don't play defense. Yeah. If you can perform with Zacharensky that well, like, are you going to perform well with Wyatt Kalanick? Yeah. <laughs> like, Nikita Zadorov? Like, uh, it don't make sense to me. Like, is, 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 again, is Seth Jones, does he just have something on everyone in this league? Like, all the journalists, like, all these analysts who think he's still good? He's third overall, he's still a third overall pick or whatever. That's why. Third overall pick, played an hour in the fucking five overtime game. Everyone wanted him to win the Norris last year. Like, I've said it before, I'll say it again. That five overtime game hurt Seth Jones more than it helped him. And it's not his fault, but the fact that that put that many eyes on that guy is probably the worst thing that could have happened to his career. Yep. And it might be the worst thing that's happened to Chicago. (laughs) This is the one year everyone put a microscope under him and he sucked. And, like, if Bowman's really thinking, oh, I could buy him on the low, it would make sense. But from what it sounds like, he's not buying on the low. No. <laughs> oh, God. Going in circles right now. I'm getting so frustrated. I uh, know. I understand. Like, because I don't I, – I don't understand. Like, there's – I don't – like, we can – we can I get it. I get the – I get the, like, in a vacuum reason why. They need a top – they need a top-end defenseman. Like, no shit. Like, this team has needed one since Duncan Key started declining. I think that's obvious. Um, yeah, I would, I think anyone would take it on their team any time of the year, but it's another case of magic fucking beans. Like, yeah, he's proven he could be good. That was when he was 24. Like, it's a fucking new day. And I, and we keep bringing it up. Like what, what's to say he'll be good in college system? No. Again, it's just too many ins at. Like, two ifs and... Too many ifs, ands, and buts. Jesus, man. Yeah, um, and it's like, even if they don't get Dougie or Dougie Hamilton in free agency, you could go sign a defenseman for a reasonable price, bring him in, and he'll probably give you results that will help the team be better. Oh, get like a reasonable Martinez, cap. McCabe, I mean, like, get a Mike Riley. Like, yeah, fuck. Something anything. that's not him. Even though I don't think Alec Martinez... Like, shit. Alex Edler, even, would, wouldn't even be bad for, like, two years. Like, shit. Anyone like that. I mean, mm-hmm. David Savard, like, literally signed Someone anyone. that's not Seth Jones, because another thing with the Seth Jones trade is, is that, again, there's no winning it, because if you trade for him and you don't sign him to a long-term contract, yeah, you save the money, but then you gave up all these assets to get Seth Jones, but then... It'll literally be the Taylor Hall trade all over again. <laughs> and then when you... When you, if you do sign him long term, he's gonna want so much money because blah blah blah. I'm Seth Jones. Everyone thinks I'm good, so I'm gonna get this amount of money. Oh, yeah, Pat Verson is my Pat Verson's my agent, so I'm gonna make seven, uh, eight times seven or whatever. You know. Honestly, I, dude, uh, originally he said he wanted ten, so like. Oh my god. Well, fuck. I could deal uh, with eight. I could deal with eight. I can't deal with ten. That's what he wants, which is pissing me off. 10 for those numbers, go fuck yourself, honestly. That's the reason I'm so mad at him at the end of the day, I think. It's not the fact that he's declining. It's the fact that I have heard from what his agents have said, he wants $10 million. You're not getting that. Even Even in a fucking normal cap world, you're not getting that. Like, 
Mm. And my favorite stat that got brought up when Hayskin and signed his contract, did you see how many defensemen are getting paid over 8 mil and how many of them are on the wrong side of 30 and suck? Yeah, it's like uh, Carlson, Doughty, Burns, then, yeah. Yeah, it's a bunch of fu- Ekman Larson, like, <sighs> dude, I can't, I can't, I can't. Takes a chance on a 26-year-old declining defenseman, but won't take a chance on a 20-year-old kid that they call a bust. Like, it's just beyond me. It's beyond me. It's beyond me. It's beyond yeah, that's me. right. That's right. Adam Volkvist is not a good defenseman. Total bust that, like, just turned 20 years old and was playing fucking top four minutes as a 20-year-old and thrown to the wolves and didn't actually suffer most of the time. <laughs> like, the only time I think Volkvist looked terrible so far in his career was in the playoffs last year. Yeah, it's against Vegas, and he got th- he literally left out the dry. That's just it's. It was it nineteen though. It sucks. <laughs> no, it sucks too. Because like, I remember my bro- my brother texted me. I think it was after the tuck goal in Game Five. He's like, "Dude, twenty seven is gonna be fucking shook from that for a long time." I was like, "I don't know, man." Yeah, it's a, it's tough on a nineteen year old to go up against fucking Vegas, but like, he'll handle it. And then he looked great after COVID. So I don't know. I. Like, I understand you look at the young defensemen, like, again, we brought them up, Haskin and McCarr Hughes, but, like, they're, they're one, they're older than Boakfist, and uh, Kill McCarr's 23! Yeah. Like, people act like this kid's 21, he's not! <laughs> he had and, two years of college! <laughs> and two, I'm gonna be honest with this, like, I don't think Boakfist is in the class of that, no. like, I think he's gonna be good, like, but he's not in the class of a Haskin and McCarr Hughes, like, you look at... Where they're drafted, Haskinen was drafted third overall. Um, McCarr was drafted fourth overall, and Quinn Hughes was drafted seventh overall. Which, to be honest, even though he went a pick ahead of uh, Boakvist, he should have he should have gone top three in like in hindsight. Should have went to Montreal, but you know. But Kukkani Yemi though, but and again, that's not saying he's not going to be a great defenseman. I think he's going to be a great offensive defenseman if you can find a good defensive partner for him. I think he that's that that's when he can be as most effective. And I just don't understand. Why people are like going out there like we don't need Adam Bokvist. We need to trade him right away. He's not going to amount to anything. Literally, they watch at... the playoffs and they see Victor Hedman what he's doing, but then they forget to realize that Victor Hedman took five years to get to where Victor so Hedman. Did, so did Duncan Keith, man. Like, and then they'll Duncan... say no, but here's their excuse for the Duncan Keith one, right? They'll be like, well, Duncan Keith was a second round pick. He didn't get picked eighth overall. Like, what? Shut the fuck up! <laughs> like, oh my god. Like, I want to smack every Boomer Hawks fan over the head with a pot sometimes. Like, I can't stand them. Oh, my God. If Adam Boakfist is from Canada, like, if he is from uh, Saskatchewan and is 6'3", 200 pounds, (laughs) does he get this? Bro, I'm literally, like, I want to strap every Boomer Hawks fan into a chair and just make them, like, Black Ops 1, make them watch a bunch of analytics in charge. (laughs) And then compare it to the eye test and show how similar it is so they can shut the fuck up, finally. Or just be like, Omni-Man and just crush them into a side of a mountain and, like, think! (laughs) I'm freaking... It's gonna be, like, someone, like, arguing the eye test to, like, Dom LeCision, and he's sitting there like, look what they have to do to mimic a fraction of our power. (laughs) Boom! Bar graph! Boom! Bar graph! Boom! Wins above replacement. Like, fuck! off god i'm so over having this conversation every goddamn day i know <laughs> it's taking like, a toll yeah like even if he's good now i'm gonna be miserable when we get him like it doesn't matter like i'm gonna be miserable when we get him no matter what 
Like, and it's not even if anymore. It's a win at this point. Yeah, it's it's a fucking win at this point. It's inevitable. Like, I it's it's gonna happen sometime within the next week, probably or so. And the only thing that's giving me hope that it's not happening anytime soon, and at the same time, it's just gonna stress us out more or stress me out more. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Jackets haven't even given Brisson permission to go talk to other teams for extensions. Mm-hmm. So why the fuck would that's going to even piss me off more if the Hawks trade for him with no extension? Because yeah. then it's, what are you doing? Why are you getting a rental? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, the it's it's so funny. Like the the hurdles people will jump over and like the hoops people will jump through to like defend Seth Jones, but then like Adam Bokvas, nah, nah. The God Hills, forbid letting a twenty year old pan out. Like God yeah. forbid. Oh, my God. Like, that's I, the dumbest excuse I've ever heard for trading Boquist or Doc. Is like, well, you know, prospects don't always turn out to what they're supposed to be. None of them um, have even played a full 82-game season. None of them have even played a full 82-game season. Doc's the closest. He played 60-something, like, before, or in his first year. And you want to give up on these players. Like, I promise you. I promise you if they trade one of those two, they will make this. They're going to regret it, and it's going to set this franchise back. At least five years. So stupid. It's so stupid. And then people say trade Doc and they'll be fine. I'm like, who the fuck's going to play center? No. Who? Who is going to play center? Okay, yeah, we have Taze, but he's who not what he used Taze to be. He's going to be good next year. Exactly. As much like, as I hate we, to say it. We like, don't know. We don't know. Fucking took a whole year off. Like, players don't play the same after that most of the time. <laughs> oh, my God, man. I can just tell you're you're losing it, man. You're losing it. I, oh man, I I feel you though. Like I I don't I don't get I don't get going after Seth Jones. I don't understand these people. They're like, yeah, he's a he's a good defenseman, and then Adam Bokefist, who doesn't turn twenty one for another month. No, he's he's not good. Night. It takes time with defensemen. Like it's Literally. once. If if it's it's one thing if he was age twenty four and he hasn't developed, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I understand you. Exactly. He doesn't turn twenty one for another. You gotta give it t- some time. You gotta oh look at the God. big picture. Literally, literally, like, oh my fucking god, I get it. This team hasn't had high fucking prospects in over a decade, but like, not every fucking star is Elias Pettersson or Quinn Hughes. I'm no. sorry. Not everyone can take one year and just come in and light it up. It's just not how it works. I'm sorry. Like, if if this was a perfect world and the Hawks haven't had to do the shit they've done the last two years, I guarantee you Adam Boquist probably starts in the NHL. His first season was this would have been this year. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, people he was forget, rushed. He got called up because of injuries as mm-hmm. a rookie, and he played fine. And then he never got sent down because he was one of the better defensemen on the roster as a 19-year-old. Yeah. That says more about their team. Like, if anything, why aren't you blaming the team for putting Bofus in this situation? <laughs> like... No, because you can't blame the 37-year-old that's literally holding the team back. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Uh... Oh, my gosh. I can't. I can't. Like, it's ridiculous. And I, I just keep circling back. It's like, why would, why would Bowman trade any of these guys? This is Bowman's last chance of saying, I can draft people. And you're already going to give up. For... Like, best case Prospects scenario. Prospects don't get traded at 20, and they 
When was the last time someone traded a 20-year-old prospect and won the trade? No, don't count Mark Stone. That's a different. That's a whole different. Level, don't right? count Mark Stone. Count like, Mark Stone. Last one I think of, and it's not even. He wasn't even drafted yet, but it was the pick, dude. Tyler Sagan. Yeah, let's trade a bunch of futures for a guy who was pretty good at the time, and then it turns into Tyler Sagan. <laughs> that was a Phil Kessel trade, right? Yep, Phil Kessel trade. Like. Yeah, it, it don't make sense. Like, I'm trying. So, the draft is in five days. Like, yep. if they draft a center and they get rid of, like, I don't know, Borkstrom or Strom or whatever, mm-hmm. hell, even both, and it's like, okay, yeah, we got rid of Borkstrom or Strom. Uh, you know, we don't we don't know what they really are, but, hey, we drafted the center. We still got Doc. We still got Taves. Now we can we and Columbus won centers. We can go to Columbus, offer that for them, and obviously you're gonna have to give up a young defenseman like Ian Mitchell. And there you go, like you're gonna have to give up a roster player because if if you somehow keep Mitchell, like you look at your right side, it's Jones, Murphy, Bofus, and Mitchell. Like one of them has to go. And then let's say it's like second, like before the second day of the draft, it's like okay, we got our two second round picks. They can have one or either or or both of them like that would be best case scenario but that's just again i go through it that's just so many ifs ands or buts for the trade it just doesn't make sense i don't i don't get it i don't know what they see in seth jones i don't know like i don't i don't get why people are this way i don't i don't get why people are saying seth jones is this amazing number one defenseman I don't get why Adam people are trashing Adam Bo. I don't. I don't understand this man. I don't understand this. It's 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 great that it's the off season, but at the same time, this might be the worst year for takes or worst time of the year. Yeah, for takes. It's just fucking silly season for that reason alone. Yeah, that's um, exactly why I call it silly season. And just one note about Seattle with the expansion draft, and I think we talked about this just with like salary reasons. Like Ben Pope just did something where they picked like every big contract, and he's like, yeah, well, exactly. one hundred and five mil on the cap, and it's like. Yeah, no shit. They can't take like I'm no. looking at some of the like he has this one where they're taking like Carey Price, Adam Henrique, and like Josh no. Bay- shit. They're not taking those contracts. I'm sorry. They're not taking Dadanoff. Like they're not taking these players. I'm sorry. They're gonna take some players that are damn good. Definitely. Matthew Shane's definitely not one of them. I'll tell you that much. Nah, yeah. And again, that's why I went for like if even if it was like a high salary cap at the worst, it was two years. Like I think we're looking at it, JVR might be my worst contract just like yeah. seven million for two years and again it's only two years like yeah. it's not like it's I, four or five i only got like three players signed over two years i think and i only have two it's gordon demello and i think i have one more let me and see because they're also younger it's not like they're in their 30s or anything oh no no it's just gordon demello but i get i would assume driggers is going to be more than two years when they yeah that is well extension so but this is the this is how you set up an expansion team at the end of the day when you think about it. I I, I need to get off the Seth Jones topic. Like just stop. Um it's dragging us down. They got they got their con like they got their contracts set up just how Vegas set up theirs, where you don't have a lot of term, a lot of these guys are flippable and they're actually pulled value. So you're gonna be able to even if you flip something, definitely get some value in return. So and most of them are in their mid to late twenties as well. I that wonder. Was like, they, yeah, yeah, they're all pretty young. Yeah, and I wonder if like they take one of those contracts that like we don't think they're gonna pick up and then just flip it immediately. Like, let's say they get like a like a Bailey or something, right? And they flip Josh Bailey immediately for like a first. 
to some team that. that needs a Josh Bailey. Could happen. Because, like, especially with the way Seattle is going to be different than Vegas because Vegas had so many defensemen. I mm-hmm. feel like this one, they, they could have some wingers that they can trade off for some good assets, especially yeah. afterwards. And there's definitely going to be moves that are made to protect players. I would assume Tampa's going to at least try. Yeah. Tampa's going to at least try to protect Gord. Watch. They're going to try to make a deal to make them not take Gord. There's Calfoot and ABB and yeah. take Tyler Johnson or, on, or even Andre Pollard. Yeah. Take ABB and Calfoot and Tyler Johnson still not asking your bottom six. It's pretty good. <laughs> like. That's how stacked Tampa was this year. Tyler Johnson was on the fourth line. He had 30 points in 56 games. Like, that's insane. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, silly season is upon us, definitely. Um, it does suck there won't be trades, at least from not what we'll see. Like, there won't, like, they won't be broken right away. We'll hear rumblings, though. Yeah, we'll hear rumblings, rumors, whispers, and all of that stuff. But, um... Yeah, it's definitely going to be a next crazy, I think, free agency is in 10 days as well. So it's going to be a next crazy, like, two weeks or so. And then and it's August. And then even though it seems like a while, like, it's August. Like, really, August is the only month off. And then September, it's going to be, like, um, like training camp and all that. There's probably going to be some prospect tournaments. And uh, then the NHL season starts up in October. Like, it's going to be – it's going to go by very quick. But – um. We have a lot of uh, things prepared over the next couple weeks. Um, so, yeah, obviously we've done this today. Um, we have a Sammy Davis interview of the NHL, NWHL player. We're very much looking forward to having on. That interview will be out Tuesday. We have an expansion draft uh, live stream on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, um, it will be our draft preview episode, an expansion draft review episode. Uh, we'll do a live stream of the draft on Friday, maybe on Saturday, like for the second day, I don't know yet because I think I have plans later on that day, but I guess we'll find out. But then, um, podcast again on uh, Tuesday, the, the following week, the day before free agency, and then the live stream for free agency, and then uh, free agency review after that. And then, uh, I think that's it. Uh, we'll try to get some guests on. I don't know, it's a tough time of year to do that, but uh, no promises. But that's what's on the schedule. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to doing it. Uh, hopefully, uh, Jimmy's good to go. But yeah, um, so that's it. I uh, yeah, I thought it was gonna be like a two hour plus uh, podcast episode. We're at almost an hour and a half. So yeah, it's but uh, yeah, I went through all the trades. There's a lot of big trades, uh, expansion draft, and uh, inevitably when the Chicago Blackhawks trade for Seth Jones. I again, like I've said multiple times already, it's it's inevitable. Like I I've already made up the mindset that they're trading for him. That it's really just mm-hmm. a matter of when. But God, hopefully we uh, we somehow get him for a cheap deal. So yeah. hopefully some works out. I don't know. But one last thing I want to make clear is if he does get traded here, we're obviously gonna root for him to do well. Oh, well, it's not, not like fucking Seth Jones. Yeah, not like, be that I miserable. hope he. Sucks. I got yeah, He plays no. for my hockey team. I want him to do well. Let's be honest. It's just <laughs> the numbers don't back it up. Yeah, but then when he doesn't play well, he doesn't live up to the hype. Oh, he doesn't play he's... well. I, you will never hear the end of me. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. But... You know One Seabrook contract, a Seabrook contract that's more expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. Anyways, so that's it for today. Hope you all are doing well. Enjoy your Sunday. Hope you all are getting vaccinated. And uh, 
Oh my god, like this is <laughs> this is the last uh podcast like well no it's not the or yeah, this is the last podcast, like the next time we do an actual podcast because we're next podcast is an interview, we'll know the the details of the expansion draft and uh we'll be one day away from the draft. So uh take it easy, y'all. Have a good one. One more note, the uh New Jersey Devils have acquired Ryan Graves in a trade for a second round pick and Mikhail Malstev. So not to mention <laughs> that. Interesting yeah. trade both sides. Literally <laughs> <laughs> literally i think we briefly brought it up but like literally like as soon as we ended the podcast he's like we forgot to talk we're like fuck we forgot to talk about the ryan graves trade but no good for a good trade for, for new jersey. jersey yeah good trade for new jersey um i think it's just a good trade for both teams like new jersey gets a top four defenseman colorado clears out uh a room for the expansion draft to protect their uh like taze mccarr and gerard and then also uh, not a bad prospect either yeah did you see that goalie score i think it was against the rangers like that's that's how that's only how i know him <laughs> oh man I, I don't know if it was on shisterkin or georgiev but that was yeah. nasty oh my um, gosh and yeah they get a second round pick out of it i just feel like when joe sakic ever makes a move i'm like okay what does he see in this guy and i feel like Maltev <laughs> is gonna be something on colorado yeah he's like oh, i saw the goal he's gonna we're gonna put he's gonna be our next player, Scott. put him with McKinnon. yeah <laughs> and Oh, another thing, yeah. <laughs> Again, there's just so much to talk about Landeskog. What did you see? He wants like nine or ten million. Oh, yeah, he's asking high. He'll end up at like eight. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, like we we can really go on and on, but yeah, let's yeah. just end <laughs> here. So uh, yeah, peace out.